0: United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. I'm Julie Mason. Ambassador William B. Taylor is Vice President, Strategic Stability and Security at the U.S. Institute of Peace. He uh, previously served at the U.S. Embassy in Kyiv during the Arab Spring. He oversaw U.S. assistance and support to Egypt, Tunisia, Libya, and Syria. He was U.S. ambassador to Ukraine from 06 to 09. He's with me on strategic stability and nuclear arms control involving Russia. Ambassador, good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: Excellent. How are you? Good, Thanks. Over the weekend, Vladimir Putin was uh, talking up Russia's hypersonic nuclear weapons at a naval parade. That seems a bit ominous.
1: It is ominous. Um, He's been talking about these new kind of exotic weapons for some time now. Um and it does suggest that uh that Russia under Mr. Putin is rearming and, and uh going into new areas of higher technology uh for their weapon systems.
0: Well, I mean that's a terrific thing to build national pride, but what what do you think are Putin's actual objectives?
1: Putin's objectives are always hard to discern. He's a hard man to To get into the head of Um, uh, but what we've seen over the over the years over the past uh, two decades um, is president putin trying to disrupt democracies both near and far he tries to disrupt democracies on his borders like ukraine like georgia uh, like moldova um, and he tries to disrupt uh, democracies in europe he we know that he tries to attack the United States in terms of election meddling, in terms of hacks, um, in terms of cyber attacks. So so this is uh, this is a pattern from from Mr. Putin.
0: How to evaluate Biden's recent summit with Putin? There, it, it didn't seem to have produced much and there was a certain opacity about it. What, what was your take on that meeting?
1: yeah that so one solid thing that did come out uh of that meeting was an agreement to begin discussions of what you mentioned at the outset on strategic stability and that, by by that we mean uh generally nuclear arms control and related threats to stability between the united states and russia and this and this is important uh that said um there was a there was a, a a clearing the air. There was uh, apparently a, ver- a fairly direct discussion where President Biden laid out in pretty blunt terms concerns that we have, the United States has, um, about uh, President Putin's actions and Russian actions more generally. Some of the ones that we just we just talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 whole issue of um Arms control. You know, I feel like we've been dealing with that since, pff, I don't know, what, the 70s, the 80s. Um, and, and everyone keeps building weapons and, and also discussing how to dismantle them or limit them.
1: Well, you're right. And there was uh, during the times that you mentioned, there was uh, there was a, a flurry. There was a succession of mm-hmm. arms control treaties um, uh, during the during the Cold War. Um, and there were limits, and there are limits still on certain categories of strategic weapons. Uh, we're talking about bombers and missiles and silos and uh, the submarines. So those exist. That that so-called New Start treaty um, is the only treaty that remains from those from previous times. Um, the Russians actually violated uh, many of those treaties and. Uh, the United States withdrew when the Russians violated them. So, so those have many of those have uh, have expired. The New START agreement that I that I just mentioned that's still in existence was extended for five years um, uh, soon upon the arrival of the Biden administration, uh, which which they could do. And the question now is: Is there something beyond New START when it expires? Is there some some constraint? That will be put on uh, on on nuclear weapons, or um, are there are there confidence building measures that uh, can assure stability between the United States and Russia and other countries by the way
0: would you say the relationship is suffering from instability at the moment?
1: I would say there are concerns about threats to stability, yes, there mm-hmm. are Uh, Stability used to be, and measures to address stability between the United States and Russia, used to be bilateral. Mm. It used to be the United States had weapons, and Russia had weapons. Uh, Now, it turns out, since New START was signed 10 years ago, uh, we have the rise of a Chinese nuclear threat. We have Mm -hmm. the possibility that the uh, North Koreans uh, could, could threaten that stability. We have the possibility that the Iranians could... So the the number of actors um, is is a threat to stability, and that has implications for U.S. Russia stability. So that that is uh, that is complicated these conversations.
0: Ambassador, as it stands now, is Russia our enemy or our adversary?
1: Russia is attacking the West. Um, as I mentioned, the Russians uh, have have violated the sovereignty. have annexed, have invaded their neighbors, uh, Ukraine in particular, but uh, Georgia as well, uh, Ukraine most blatantly and, and obviously in 2014. And since they don't, the Russians don't stop there with the aggression against, uh, in, in terms of election meddling, in terms of hacking, um, they go on to attack the Europeans um, and, and they've gone to attack the United States. So so there is indeed a war um, that the Russians are, are fighting against us, and we have to defend ourselves.
0: And, of course, I know that U.S. officials are very worried about the uh, China-Russia alliance.
1: We're concerned about threats to our security, and it is true that the Russians and the Chinese – have, uh, have a complicated relationship. Um, it's been up and down, as we know, over the years. Um, they, they do now talk about their uh, aligned interests, um, uh, but uh, an alliance is not yet. We don't, we don't yet see an alliance. We do have to be concerned um, uh, about threats from Russia and China at the same time uh, as, as we're dealing with either one or both.
0: Something that Russia's been toying around with is disconnecting from the world internet. What do you make of that?
1: So the Russians know that they are vulnerable um, the internet, the international financial system they're now part of um, whereas earlier in earlier times uh, the Russians were more isolated from the international systems that we're talking about here. Um, now it's going to be harder. Uh, for them to disconnect from the financial system for the internet. But they want to ha- try to have control over their people. Um, and one way they can do that um, is to try to disconnect from the internet. I think that's going to be hard for them to do.
0: Mm, so what do you see as the future in Russia? I mean, their economy is not great. It's It's hard to tell what's going on with COVID in the country. And is that vaccine? Is it working?
1: So there have been different reports uh, about that vaccine. Some reports are that the vaccine actually does pretty well. The problem is less the effectiveness of the vaccine and more the suspicion on the part of Russians about what their government tells them. Uh, So their government tells them this is a good vaccine. You should get vaccinated. But the Russians are skeptical about uh, about information coming from their government. You You can understand why why that might be the case.
0: So, what was it like serving in Kyiv? Was it very tense?
1: Serving in Kyiv was great and is great. Um, uh, it's a it's it's a country uh, that wants to be part of Europe. It wants to be part of European institutions. It shares European and U.S. values. So, so working with the Ukrainians um, is is very satisfying. Um, Kiev is the beautiful city. Um, the interesting part, of course, from the international standpoint, um, is that Kiev is at war. You know, Russia mm-hmm. is attacking Ukraine, um, and when you're serving in a country that is at war, um, it, adds a, it adds a heightened sense of urgency.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, do people go about everyday life there, or is there a sense that the war is always present?
1: It's a good question. So it, it, uh, uh, people do go about everyday life. Um, uh, there have been uh, 14,000 Ukrainians killed in that war. So that war has has touched many Ukrainian families. Um, and there are monuments, memorials to the fallen soldiers um, in every little town, every city, and certainly in Kyiv. So that part is is there. Kiev, however, also is developing a very robust economy. Uh, it's challenged like all economies have been by the COVID pandemic, mm. uh, and it is challenged, of course, by a war in its east that has uh, that has affected the part of the the country where a lot of the heavy industry was. So it certainly affected the the the, uh, the economy more broadly, uh, but they do they they continue to, to move forward.
0: Ambassador William B. Taylor, Vice President, Strategic Stability and Security at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Thank you so much for joining me. Great to get your perspective.
1: Thank you very much, really. Good to talk
0: well, to have you. Have a good day. You too.